um, today as I stand before you. Um, we're going to be looking at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let us pray. Father God, thank you so much for being God. Thank you for loving us, Lord God. Thank you for watching over us and keeping us throughout the night. But we ask, Lord God, that you speak to us. Because each and every one of us came in here with different things going on. Our minds are drifting and our hearts are wondering. But we come, Lord God, in this central place that we may hear from you. So feed our souls today, feed our mind, feed our spirit, Lord God, that the word of God may refresh us, may convict us, and may reform us. Because we're not here, Lord God, to change behaviors, but to change hearts. Because we know, Lord God, once hearts change, behaviors change. So let us not be sermon evaluators, but let us be sermon applicators, that we may apply the word of God to our life. We bless you, Lord God, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we find ourselves in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. As we continue on, as we started in Mother Day, this series on parenting. On parenting. So we find ourselves in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 6 through 9. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9, and these words which I command you today shall be in your hearts. You should teach them diligently to your children. You should talk to of them when you sit in the house, in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up. You should bind them as a sign on their hand, and they should be as a frontlet between their eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. On this morning, I want to uh, lay before you the topic, parents, pour the word of God into your children. Parents, pour the word of God into your children. Israel, which is God's chosen nation, is at the front gate of the promised land. This promised land is the land of Canaan where God has promised to Abraham and his descendants in Genesis chapter 15. But before they enter into this promised land, which is the land of Canaan that God has established for them, God lays out for them some instructions. And he lays out these instructions for um, Israel and for uh, Abraham's descendants, this new generation, he lays out some instructions instructions of how they should conduct themselves as they go into the promised land. He says, when you get to the promised land, here's the instructions. We have some instructions for you when you get into the promised land. You can't just go in the promised land thinking you can do whatever you want to do. Here are some instructions of how you are to conduct yourself in the promised land. And here in Deuteronomy, as this is the final message 
of Moses, he lays out for them the instructions that God has given to them, given to him to give to them. And, and some of the instructions that are found in Deuteronomy, in, in Deuteronomy, he tells them that when you get in a promised land, don't forget to reverence God. He said, when you get to the promised land, God said, when you get to the promised land, don't forget to show me reverence. Don't forget who I am. Don't forget the things I have done for you and, and the way I have carried you and the way I have kept you. Don't forget to show me reverence. He also told him, when you get in the promised land, don't forget to love me. The, the, to love me with all your being. To let your entire being show love towards me. And he goes on and he says, and when you get in the promised land, don't forget to serve me and me only. God says that, that I'm not into dual service. I'm, I'm not into idolatry. God says I'm the God and I'm the God of everything and I ought to be served alone. So he lays out this instruction, but then now he goes and he switches a little bit. He switches lane and now he lays out the instruction for the parents. He said, parents, here's the instruction for you. And he lays it out. He says, your instructions is to pour the word of God into your children. He says here, here, here in the text, he said, here's the instruction. He said, you are instructed to, to pour into your children the word of God. And the first thing we see here in this text is he said, if we're going to pour in the word of God into our children, he said, parents, you got to know the word of God. Look what he say. Look what he say. He says, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Remember, he's talking to the parents. He said, the words that I'm commanding you, my word of God should be in your heart. As parents, our job is to have the word of God in us. He says, if you're going to pour into your children my word, you got to know my word. Oh, y'all ain't hear me. Y'all ain't hear me. He said, parents, if you're going to pour into your children, you got to know my word for yourself. See, here's the problem. Here's the problem. We can't pour into our children because we don't know the word. We can't pour in our children because we are not spending no time with God. We can't pour into our children because the word of God is not in us. But he says if we're going to pour into our children, parents, we got to know the word of God for ourselves. Watch this. This means, parents, that you got to come to church. Whether it's online, I don't care about that. I don't need people in the building. Whether it's online or, or, or in person, doesn't matter. But parents, you got to start committing to coming to church. You got to start committing to, to coming to church that you may grow in your relationship with God. Parents, that means that you have to start coming to Bible study. You're going to have to start joining in on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock. That's a plug, by the way. And it's online that you can come to Bible study that the word of God may be poured into you so you can now pour into your children. Oh, oh I knew I wasn't going to get no amens on this, Pastor Reed. I know Pastor Doug, I ain't going to get no amens, but watch this, watch this. We at a time now where you have no excuse. There's no excuse to grow. And, and like I say all the time at Clinton Baptist Church, if you're not growing in the word, you don't want to grow. Because we make every opportunity comfortable and available for you to grow. So watch this, you got to come to Bible study and you have no excuse. It's online. You can do it in the comfort of your home. You can do it while you're driving. You can do it while you're on a peloton. You can do it while you're on a beach, laying up, enjoying yourself. 
It's no excuse why you can't come to Bible study. It's online. It's not like you got to put on clothes. You got to put on makeup. You got to make sure your hair cut. You got to put on shoes and then drive to the church and go through the light and drive in the rain and drive in the snow. No, you all you got to do is pull up online. And you can pull up with clothes on or with clothes off, with your hair wrapped or with your teeth pressed or with tears in your eyes. Whatever you want to do, you can come. It's no excuse. He says if we're going to pour into our children, we got to have the word of God in us. So that means, parents, we got to come to church. That means you got you to come to Bible study. That means you have to join a women or men's class that we have for women and men. That means you got to invest in growing in the word of God. And it's amazing because we invest in everything else. We invest in everything else. If your job had an online meeting, you'll be there. Oh, y'all ain't trying to be real now. Y'all ain't trying to be real now. If your sorority or your fraternity had an online meeting, you'll be there. I mean, come on now. Come on, let's be real. So, so why we can't just show up online to grow where we can have the word of God in us? And he says, purge, the first thing, if you're going to pour into your children, you need to have the word of God in you. You need to have the word of God in you. He says, look, I'm in the text, so y'all can't get mad at me. Get mad at the Lord. Look what he says. In verse 6, he says, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. The word of God should be in your heart. So that means you can't keep telling your children the pastor said. That, that means you can't keep telling your children all them fake scriptures. Like you take two steps, God will take three with you. That ain't even the word of God. Come on now, show me where that's at in the Bible. What's that, uh, 2 Corinthians? You got to have the word of God in you. You got to invest to be poured into the word of God. You got to be invested in this thing. You got to have the word of God in your heart because guess what? What's in your heart will come out and what's in your heart will come out and you will pour it into your children. If you got anger in your heart, that will come out and you will pour into your children. If you got confusion in your heart, that will pour out into your children. If you got envy in your heart, that will pour out into your children. If you got anger in your heart, I think I said that, that will pour out into your children. Whatever you have in your heart, will be poured into your children. Because what's in the heart will come out. So he says, he says, he said here, he said, parents pour into your children. But the first thing he says is that we got to have the word of God in us that we may be able to deposit something in them. The word of God. The second thing he says in the text is found in verse 7. He says that we, he calls us to pour, as parents to pour into our children. He says, uh, the second thing, he said, parents, we must uh, pour the word of God into our children all the time. Look what he says in verse 7. He said that we must have the word of God in us that we may pour into them. And now he tells us that we got to do it. How often we got to do it. He said all the time. Look at verse number 7. He says, you should teach them diligently to your children. He says here, you should teach them diligently to your children. The word diligently here in verse number seven, means to do it repeatedly. It means to, to repeat it over and over and over again. It means this is a continuing process. This, this is not one-time thing. 
This is not just every, every blue moon. No, this is something that should be done and practiced every single day. He says, at parents, we got, we got to pour into our children all the time. Now, keep in mind, as I said last week, let me re remind you that last week, he's talking soon as a child is born. He's talking soon as a child is born because what we have, when, when, when God give us that, 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 that newborn baby, is a clean slate. It's a, it's a clean slate. We ought to pour into him. And I heard an old preacher say, it's easy to bend a tree than to rebuild the old tree. Let me say that again. He says, easy to bend a young tree than rebuilding an old tree. He says, so, so what he's saying is that you got to invest in them while they're young. Why they absorb everything. See, they, they, they ain't nothing but sponges, and I got a sponge right here. So he says, you got to invest into them all the time. See, the thing about a sponge, and I like about a sponge, let me let the uh, online people catch up. Y'all got me? Okay, so here it is, here it is. So one thing I like about a sponge, because the sponge soaks up things. So when you have this child, when you have this baby, this young baby, they, they are sponges. All they do is soak up everything. And we learned that last week. That 60% of a child learning come from copycatting, watching what you do. They soak up everything. They ain't nothing but sponges. So here I brought a sponge, and it's just a new sponge I picked up today at Dollar General or Home Depot, one of them. And so what happens is that when you take that baby and you put them in and you invest in them the word of God. You just push the word of God in them all the way. I know I'm getting it wet. I'm sorry uh, for my church sanctified people that get water on the pulpit. I'm sorry, God, forgive me for that. But anyway, so you pour into them when you invest in them and you pour in the word of God and you telling them that God created them and how God loved them. You telling them that they born in the image and the likeness of God. You telling them how God have, uh, is the one, the source of all their life. You telling them that they can do anything through Christ who strengthened them. You telling them that Christ is the one redeemed them and brought him out their, their sorrowful life. You telling them that God is the truth and the life and no one can come to him except through Jesus Christ. You telling them that there's no other way out here but God and they soaking it up. So what happened, what happened, they like sponges. So the reason why the sponge is leaking because it's full. See, watch this. When you pour into your children, the residuals come out. They can't accept no more. So when the enemy come, guess what? He can't say nothing because they full of the word of God. And all the residuals just going to keep falling and falling and dripping and dripping. You can't pour no more into the sponge because the sponge is full. He said, fill them up with the word of God. He said, pour into them the word of God. And when their friends try to talk to them, guess what? They just going to dribble off. When the enemy come and try to tell them that they ain't no good, guess what? It's just going to dribble off because they fool with the life of God. And you got to know the word of God is living and it's powerful and it's strong. And they have power to change life and change souls. It says here. He said, we got to do it continuously. This is an everyday process. You investing in your children. You pouring in your children the word of God. I drive my son around Jackson all the time. I'm the, I'm the Uber driver. We're in the car more than we at home. And in the car, all I'm doing is pouring into him the word of God. When he get out, I told him, go be great because you already great. Because God created you as you great. 
Go be the king that God has poured in you to be. Go be the person that God has woven you to be because God is with you and nobody can be against you. Any weapon formed against me will not prosper because you are the child of God. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and beneath. You got to pour in the word of God to them all the time. This is a continual thing. He said, do it diligently. And I know, I know, and this is, this is so easy when you got them young. See, because young, you can work with them, and they're going to they gonna absorb it. But boy, when they get old, daddy, you always preaching. Well, look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. That's what it tells me to do. It tells me to speak the word of life in you all the time. Dad, can you stop preaching? You preach every Sunday and you preach every day at home. Well, that's what I'm called to do. I'm called to invest in you the word of God. I'm not beating them on the head with the Bible, but I'm pouring into them. So when they get out in the streets and things start to pour into them, they can hear daddy preaching voice. You know God see everything. Everything you do in the dark will come out in the light. No matter where you at, God sees it all because he everywhere at the same time. You can't run from him, so he's going to expose whatever you've done. You got to pour to them all the time. He said, parents, 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 you got to know the word of God for yourself. Then he said, parents, you got to pour into them all the time. And then we done. Wow, we're going to get out here early. Isaac, you showed us of a song too. All right, we good? Yeah, we good. <laughs> so look, 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 look. Just got to let him know. Just got to let him know. Look, look, he did a great job, by the way. He did a great job. So look, so look, he says, he says, now he said, parents, not only are you to, to know the word of God for yourself, but he said, but you got to pour into the word of God into your children all the time. And now the third thing in verse eight and nine, he said, parents, we have to surround our children with the word of God. He says, you got to surround them with the word of God. Look at verse eight and nine. Look what he says. In verse eight and nine, he says that, uh, well, we're going to start at verse seven B, at verse seven B. He says, and, and shall talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. Look what he says. He says, and, and, and you shall bind them, uh, uh, them as a sign on their hand, and you shall be as a fortlet between their eyes, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gate. He says, he said, parents, if we're going to pour into our children, we got to remember, we got to surround them with the word of God. We got, we got to surround them with the word of God. Now, now, now this, is, this is so cool right here because he says every activity, we must be teaching the word of God. He says, look, 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 I'm, I'm not making that up. He says right here, he said, verse 7b, he says, look, he says, he says, and you should talk of them, which mean the word of God, when you sit in the house. When you sitting in the house, you should be talking to your children about the word of God. Now here it is, here's here, here the problem, we don't sit in the house. Because mom and dad, our parents, we go on doing our own things and children somewhere else. See, and when we're in the house, when we're in the house, I forgot my phone, but when we're in the house, we, ain't, we sitting in the house, but everybody like this. Everybody separate. Even when we sit down at dinner, we still got our phone or the TV on. And I'm, I'm preaching to me, so don't be convicted by yourself. I'm, I'm in there too. I'm in there too. He says, when you sit down in the house. See, because in biblical times, they had family time. 
It wasn't no, it wasn't no uh, 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 social media time. It wasn't no TV time. It wasn't no, no movie time. It was family time. And there was a time where they, where they sit around and have family time where they engage with each other. See, now we ain't engaging. We texting each other. We're in the next room. Instead of me going to talk to Jackson, I'm texting him on my phone, and he right in the next room. Oh, my God, y'all ain't feeling this. Y'all y'all try to act like I'm the only one by myself now. Come on now. Online, do you hear me? Online, can you hear me? Say amen online. Put a hand up. Thank you so much. Thank you, because in here they faking. I'm in here texting Jackson a whole conversation, and he texting me back, and he right next door. Why we can't just get our little lazy butts up and meet in the hallway and start talking to each other instead of texting each other and tweeting each other? And he says, so when you sitting in the house, you ought to engage and pour into your children the word of God. Talk to them about the word of God. Read the word of God. And I remember what I say. You ain't got to read a whole chapter. Just read one verse. One, one, just read one verse. John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in him should not perish and have everlasting life. You can speak on John 16 for four months and still have something to speak about. You can stop at for God. And that'll take you three weeks right there just to determine who God is. And then you'll realize who God in a life because you got some girls, their boyfriend may be God. You got some young men, their girlfriend may be God because they listening to them and they ain't listening to you. So you got to pour into them when you're sitting down. So he says, surround them around the word of God. Not only pour into them when they're sitting down. And look what he says in verse number seven. He says, not only when they're sitting down, not only when they're sitting down. He said, you got to pour into them when you walk by the way. He said, when you walking, when you, when you walking on your journey, you got to be speaking to them the word of God. You got to keep the word of God in them. Boy, the good way to walk with your children and speak the word of God when they're young, you can say, man, look at God's work. I remember we went down to Myrtle Beach and we sitting down there, my children were young, and they was like, look how big the ocean is. And I was like, wow, that's how big and bigger and bigger God is. I said, look at all that God can create. You can't even see out there, but God see everything that's going on in it. I'm telling them how big, how big, how big, how gigantic, how huge God is just by at the ocean. And he says that when you walking away, when you walking with your children, when you riding in the car, and I know we don't walk no more. We don't want to walk no more. We got motorized scooters and everything. I, I, I was saying, I saw a, a guy walking a dog on a motorized scooter. Now that was crazy. That was crazy. And I ain't going to tell y'all where I am. I said rich people. <laughs> you know, poor people, we just stick the dog outside. I said, go ahead, walk yourself. <laughs> come back in. Come scratch the door when you're ready to come back in. <laughs> you know, because we, you know, we, when you walk in, but now you don't walk, we drive. So he says, when you drive in, keep the word of God around them. Watch the music you listening to. Watch the music you listening to. Introduce them to Christian and gospel music. They like rap. Introduce them to gospel rap. And gospel rap is not the devil. Okay? Lecrae is a scholar. Okay? So let, introduce them 
as you're riding. He says, as you're walking in a way, he said, keep the word of God around them. Look what he says in verse number eight. He says also in uh, verse number, number seven, the verse five, he says, when they lie down, he says, when they go on to bed, remind them of what God has done today. How God had let them get home safe. How God had provided food for them. How God had, had get a roof over their head. Whether it's apartment, whether it's a, a condo, whether it's efficiency, whether it's the homeless that God has provided tonight. So we want to thank him, remind him of what God has done. When you lay down, he said, when you lay down, what he's doing is he said, reflect back on what God has done that day. Keeping the word around him, reflecting back of what God has done. And then he says, look, he said, keeping the word around. He says, not only when they lay down, he says, and, and shall be. It, um, he says also when they lay down and when they rise up. When they get up in the morning, let's thank God. Let, let, let's thank God for, for keeping us through the night. Because as you get older, you realize them security alarms don't really work. You realize the bars you have on your window don't work. It was the, the power of God. It was the security of God that kept us last night. Because somebody's house got broken in with alarm system, with bars on the doors, with all the windows locked and all the screen door locked. Somebody didn't make it up. So let's thank God that his hand came past and touched us. When they raise up, let's get up and say, thank you, God, for touching me. Thank you, God, for touching our brother. Thank you, God, for touching my sister. Thank you, God, for touching my daddy. Thank you, God, for touching my grandma. Thank you, God, for touching me. Let's get up. When they rise up, let's put the word around them that they may thank God. And he goes on. He says that our job as parents is to keep the word of God around them, surrounded in them. Not only when they get up, he says in verse number eight, you shall bind them as a sign on their head. And they should be a fartlet between their eyes. So what would happen was that, remember, at this time, they only had the first five books, which is the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Number, Deuteronomy. They didn't have the whole entire canon of Scripture like we had the 66 books. They didn't have that. They didn't have the Old and New Testament. They had it, and it was written on papyrus, uh, which is some paper that they would write. So, and then, remember, it was only written uh, in stone where um, Moses wrote. So now they had to keep the word of God. And we always got the word of God. It wasn't frequent uh, or, or um, accessible like we have now. We got it on our phone. We got it on our, our, our tablets. We got it on all our electronic devices. So he says, now what I need you to do is I need you to keep the word of God around. So in today's time, how do this relate to today? Because in preacher, you got to bring the then into the now. Because we ain't going to put a box around their neck to keep the word on them. So what it's saying, it says, keep the word around them. He says, put it in them when they rise up and when they come down. And he says, and put it on a hand and put it around the front of their head. And he's saying, what he's saying is that we got to keep the word of God. So this is how we do this part. He says, get some poster notes. And write the scripture on poster notes. And you know one thing them children like to go into what? That refrigerator. Oh, my God. 
you just stick it right there on the refrigerator. Every time they open it, they see in the word of God. You know, you got to fight with them to brush their teeth and wash their face. But you still need to stick it on a mirror in their bathroom. Because now our children got their own bathroom. And you stick it right on the mirror so they have the word of God on that. If you ain't got no post-it note, take that lipstick, that, that Maybelline you got, that, uh, that red lipstick, and write it on the mirror. I'm sure it'll come off. It'll wipe off. They got some. But and put the word of God all around them. Everywhere they go, the word of God should be. When you make their lunch, put a post-it note in there and tell them that God loves you. When you what when you when you uh, got their book bag and you put their book bag together, put a note in there and tell them that God died for you. When you when they go and they get on a bicycle, put it on a seat and tell them God will keep you and protect you. He says wherever you go, you gotta keep them surrounded around the word of God. And this is a good thing because so many things are trying to surround our children. We got so many children committing suicide. We got so many children taking fentanyl. We got so many children trying to escape with alcohol and marijuana. We got to wrap our children in the word of God. I want my children walking around like a bubble so whatever they hit, God may bounce them back. You got to surround your children with the word of God. And like I said earlier, the word of God is the life. The word of God will sustain you. The word of God would hold you. The word of God will keep them. The word of God would change them. The word of God would empower them. The word of God will, will keep them. The word of God will provide for them. The word of God will bring them out. We got to surround them in the word of God. We got to surround them in the word of God. It says we got to surround them in the word. In the word. In the word. Man, I wish I had this when I was young. Oh my God, this is some good stuff. All y'all think about having babies. You got no excuse. It is. But guess what? For us, while children are older, it's not too late. It's not too late to start it. It's not too late to pour into them. I make it my business. Every time I talk to my children, we pray. And I ask them, what you need, Dad, to pray for you for? Every single conversation, I pray with them. And I ask them, what do you need prayer for? And I engage with them with the word of God. Every morning, I send them a scripture. I text them a scripture in our family text. I send out a devotion to them. Every single morning. This is how easy it is to keep the, the word of God with them. This is how easy it is. And believe me, they may not text back because mine don't, but I know they got it because it said red right there. <laughs> so when I say you get my text, what text? You got my text. Every time I'm around, you got your phone in your hand. I know you've seen it. You just scroll right past it like the green bubbles on the iPhone, huh? But we got to surround them with the word of God. This is what it's about. Parents, even when they're older, make that relationship, make that connection. Make it for them. Because the word of God is the only thing that's going to sustain us. Everything else is temporary. Everything else will pass away. But the word of God will endure forever. So I'm done. We're going to get out here early. 
Wow, praise God for that. We already only have an hour of service. We got a 47-minute service because hours ago that's another song. <laughs> that's a joke. But look, as you stand on your feet today, we want to come to you today because we got to invest in our children. We got to pour into our children, no matter what age they are. But we got to pour into our children. But watch this, because God did the exact same thing. He poured into us. And he did it by giving his son, Jesus Christ, to be the sacrificial lamb on the cross that you and I may know the word of God and have a relationship with him. So God bankrupt heaven. God poured all the word of God into Jesus Christ that he may come and make us right with him. So today, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, I introduce you to him. His name is Jesus. And he came so you and I may have life and be right with the Father. He came just for that reason, that you may know him and you may grow in him. And you may have a relationship with him that when you die and breathe your last breath, you will be in eternity with him. And the scripture says the only way you can get to heaven is you got to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And I don't know where you are spiritually, but this is a great opportunity. Because God poured his word into us that we may have eternal life. But will you accept it? Will you accept the word of God? Will you accept the eternal life that God has for you? This eternal life is a free gift. You can't work for it. You can't be good enough. You can't be righteous enough. You're not cute enough. You don't smell good enough to get this eternal life. You have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. You have to believe that he died on the cross for your sins and shed his blood that you may experience this eternal life. And today I introduce Jesus Christ to you. Is there one? Is there one, whether you're online, whether you're on YouTube, Facebook, our, our website, wherever you are, wherever you are, on Zoom, wherever you are, today is a great opportunity. Today is a great opportunity. If you're here in this place, just raise your hand and say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Is there any today? I see your hand. I see your hand, young lady. I see your hand. I see your hand. This is a great opportunity because this opportunity now changed your eternal state. Is there any more? Is there any more? Is there any more? Young lady, can you come up? Can you come up? Can we get some, some women to go with her? Mom, can you come with her? Can you come with her? Can you come with her? And we got some women that will take you out. Akisha, um, Tanya. Is there any more today? Is there any more today that want to surrender their life to Jesus Christ? Is there any more today? They'll go with you. They'll go with you. Is there any more today? Is there any more today? Is there any more today? Whether you're online, we got people watching. If you want to text us, text us at 301-653-6219. 301-653-6219. 301-653-6219. Text us and say, I want salvation. And we're going to respond to you today. If you can't text us and you can't say it online, you can go to our website and at the bottom of the page we have a connection card and you can put your information in there and say you want salvation and someone will call you back today. This is a great opportunity. Is there any more else? Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? This means you comfortable with going to hell or you already know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You choose. 
But this is a great opportunity. This is a great opportunity. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else in this place? Is there anyone else? Maybe you already saved. Maybe you already saved and that's great. But you're not connected at a church. You don't have a church home. You, you need a church home. And today, church is everywhere. I mean, you, like I said, you can go online. This is a great opportunity. Is there anyone today that want to join the church? Praise God. We need some men, Pastor Tucker, some deacons. We need, we need two men and we need another woman. Sister O'Neill. Rita. So they'll take y'all out. Brother Irk, Deacon. I mean, Pastor Reese, we need two men. It's two men and we need a woman. Some deacons. This is a great opportunity. 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 Deacon Dixon, can you go with them, please? This is a great opportunity, a great opportunity. Are there any more, any more today? Whether you're online or in person. Whether you're online or in person. Then today we're not gonna come to the altar, but, I, but if you want me to pray for you, just raise your hand, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. We're not going to come to the altar today. Just raise your hand. Father God, I come to you today. Lord God, we all in need of prayer. Lord God, you have shown your word to us, Lord God. And we lift up your name, Lord God. We believe and we trust in you. So we ask, Lord God, that your power right now encourage a response in our lives. Be with us, Lord God. We need you. Lord God, some of us come for our children. Some of us come for our grandchildren, Lord God. Some of us come praying and lifting up our nieces and nephews, Lord God. Some coming just to lift the community kids up in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we need you. Lord God, make us better parents. Lord God, we know this not going to be easy. We know it's not going to be difficult, Lord God. Even me as dealing with older children, Lord God. But let me see the benefits of pouring the word of God into our children. So Lord God, use this opportunity that we may invest in them. Use this opportunity that we may pour in them, Lord God, that when they, when they fool, Lord God, the residuals will drop away. Lord God, we come for financial reasons. We come for health reasons. We come for relationship reasons. Lord God, I'm trying to find a husband. I'm trying to find a wife. But Lord God, it ain't working out. So Lord God, guide me to the right man and the right woman. Lord God, help me in my relationship with my parents. That I may do right. That I may live right. That I may walk right, Lord God. Help me build that relationship that me and my parents may have a good relationship, Lord God, and not always at odds. Lord God, make me a better child. Make me a better parent, Lord God. Even to those who are in my community that looks up to me as they parent. Let me invest in them. And I'll pray for our young people, Lord God, who don't have the parental support, the parental support. Lord God, I pray that you put them around people who would invest in them and nurture them and deposit the word of God in them. Lord God, and I pray for our finances. Some of us are really struggling, going paycheck to paycheck to make it. And we thank you for providing a paycheck, Lord God. 
But Lord God, when is this season going to come to an end? Lord God, when is this breakthrough going to happen? Lord God, when is it going to change, Lord God, that we have enough not to be rich, but have enough just to pay our bills? So Lord God, we ask that you pour into us a financial blessing. Lord God, we come to you because some of us don't have any issues, and that's great, but we just want to say thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for being great in our life. Thank you, Lord God, for holding us up. Thank you, Lord God, for providing for us. Thank you, Lord God, for making a way. And we pray, Lord God, but some of us are struggling in school. Some of our children are really having a hard time, Lord God, in their education endeavors. But Lord God, remind them, Lord God, that you put a great mind in them. Remind them, Lord God, that you are with them. Remind them, Lord God, that you will guide them and lead them, Lord God. Remind them, Lord God, that the plan of their life don't look what it looks like now, Lord God. That you have greater for them. Lord God, be with our children. Lord God, and we lift our communities up. We lift our men and women up, Lord God. We got so many senseless murders, Lord God, that's going on right in our community. Every single day a child is being shot dead. Lord God, and we claim the name of Jesus over our community. We plead the blood of Jesus in our streets, Lord God. We plead the blood of Jesus on our young men and our young men and women, Lord God. We plead right now for those in Buffalo, Lord God. We ask that you cast out racism. Lord God, get rid of anger and hate in those white people, Lord God. We need you Lord God and we ask that you provide a way to protect our Asian people as well Lord God Lord God we have an Asian church meeting right now upstairs and we ask that you make provision over them Lord God that we may see you and not see this evil world Lord God have your way we need you and we ask for your covering because you all we have and we all you, you our hope that's it, Lord God. You are it. So we come to you to change our lives, to change our situations, to breathe in us life. That change may occur. So Lord God, have your way. And thank you for investing in us that we may be better parents. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's get a Lord a hand clap of praise.